episode episode three was pretty good. It was. It was. Informative. Now Informative. we're up to episode four. Yeah. This is really, it's flowing on quite well. Oh, I think so. It's, it's it's almost like we we planned this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a far cry where we came from the pilot, I think. The, the pilot was a bit crazy, yeah, wasn't it? It was. A bit all over the shop. This time, I, I think we're going to move away from practical completion and all that sort of stuff, and we're going to talk about the, the Queensland Building Construction Commission. Ooh, the QBCC. Yeah, the QBCC. Mm. So, why don't we spin up the intro? Yes. And we'll get right into this regulator. Sounds good. Here we are on Toolbox Tuesdays. Hearthstone Legal presents a real talk of the good, the bad, and everything in between. For all things business and construction law, whether it's navigating a dispute, the QBCC, or guidance on a contract, we give you a rundown of some of the do's and the don'ts. These are digestible chats on topics that you might hear in our office of an afternoon. Daunting? Not anymore. Here's law clarified. So the QBCC. Yeah, foreshadowed in that fantastic introduction that we can't stop talking about. The experience that I have of the QBCC, whether it's us as lawyers, whether it's homeowners or whether it's builders, is you either love it or you don't love it. I don't want to use the H word. Oh, you hate it. <laughs> Not me personally, but I think everyone, I think there's a real... You're either in one camp or the other. Yeah, and I think that the difficulty that any sort of government organisation or regulator has is that there's people that run this this joint. Yes. They have certain standards and certain expectations that they need to enforce and the decisions are made um, administratively, right? And those expectations... um, Internally, yeah, are very different to what external people would expect. expect. Yes, and I think that that's the problem: is that there's a there's a communication issue with how the the regulator chooses to communicate, mm. and what actually happens in practice. Yes, and that's okay. Yeah, um, it's not, but also um, it's not exactly their fault either. Mm. Uh, you shouldn't need an advanced law degree. Um, or a degree in engineering or something like that to actually understand what they do or how they go about their business. But unfortunately, when you're dealing with things that are very technical and very uh, onerous and very uh, extensive, there's going to be some legalese, there's going to be some problems. Yes. Um, so when dealing with the regulator, we always, always encourage our clients to, to touch base with us as soon as the QBCC or if you're a builder, if the QBCC is making inquiries of you, you need to be coming and talking to us early. Mm. Um, even prior to any sort of inspections on the properties that you've been accused of doing some dodgy work on, mm. um, we encourage that to be as early and as forthright as possible mm. coming and talking to us. I think the thing to remember too is we hear from homeowners a lot, oh, the QBCC just supports builders. Yes. What we hear from builders a lot is oh, fucking QBCC always just agrees with the homeowner. Yes. We get it. And to be fair to the QBCC, they are in a difficult position because they've got to balance those expectations. Of course they do, yes. Um, But in principle, they don't favour or act for either one. No. It is meant to be neutral, as neutral as possible. Yes. But we also get how sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes it uh, it plays out in the litigation process in a very um, 
in a very difficult way mm. um, where you'll have the QBCC have one position and then once more lawyers get involved and more experts get involved, that position slowly shifts and it kind of feels like if you're in the winning the winning position Yay. at the start, if you commence this action on the basis that the QBCC said you were right and then you get 18 months in that process and the QBCC's got a couple more guys in and a couple more lawyers in and now they're saying you're wrong. Mm. That can feel very, very unfair. It can. Uh, but the role of the regulator above all is to interpret the, the relevant acts. So like the Building Act, the BIF Act, um, all those associated acts, the QPCC Act and the regulations. Mm. They're, they're quite voluminous. Like if we printed them all out, they would probably be a small child in height. Yes, Yes. Um, and that's not even including the Australian standards. No. To say that they have a lot of shit to deal with is probably an understatement to, to the exact um, nature of the work that they do. Mm. Um, more so than I would say a lot of the other government departments, including the ones that I've worked for. Yes. Yep. Um, it's difficult. It is difficult. Um, now, many moons ago, um, I used to work at the... QBC, no. Mm, no, oh. the, the former QBCC, the BSA. Don't, please, no one hold it against me. <laughs> oh, I think especially the, the Toolbox Tuesdays, these builders, they might. Yeah. They, they might. Uh, it was a long time ago. It was. Um, and I found having that internal knowledge of how the regulator works yes. has actually been very helpful. It's, it's a great thing to have in my toolbox yes. when I'm assisting people. Um, but it's complicated. It, it, do, it is. The QBCC is complicated yeah. in terms of what it does and doesn't do um, and people's perception of what it does and doesn't do. Yeah, so uh, in terms of – so if I was a builder and I had a complaint about something, mm. um, I'll use a, a, a perhaps a literal example. The owner hasn't paid me a practical completion invoice. Mm-hmm. Um, I've practically completed the work in accordance with the contract. Does the QBCC help me get that money? You're on your own. The QBCC will not help you get that money. They do not get themselves involved in contractual disputes, and I'm using inverted commas for people who are listening. Um, If you're an owner and you make a complaint about alleged defective building work and you haven't paid the builder, then the QBCC isn't going to help you as an owner. So yeah. it, it, it's complicated. And, of course, there are exceptions to that. Always exceptions. We've, we've had matters where the, uh, where the builder has had an outstanding invoice of ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, some, something to that effect. Mm. In some instances, it's because they haven't followed the commandments and given their variations signed and in writing. Absolutely. But in some instances, it's a genuinely outstanding invoice and they've issued a direction to rectify. Mm. Um those are challengeable decisions and we'll talk about those in our litigation podcast later and explaining the administrative process and all that sort of stuff. Yes. But for the purposes today, the things that the QBCC might do to you is they might give you a direction to rectify. They might. Yeah. So talking overall, I guess the QBCC has a number of, think of it as an octopus, it has a number yep. of arms yeah. and each arm kind of does a little bit different um, in terms of their jobs. Does an octopus, like... What sort of octopus are we talking about here? Uh, like a big octopus. Like a, like a giant squid in the ocean. Uh, but a squid is not an octopus. Oh, that's true. Okay, well. <laughs> uh, is that going to be your uh, exciting fact for the day? No, no. 
Okay, just the biggest octopus you can think of. Okay, okay, cool. It's huge. It's just, huge. Just so you know, it's a, it's a very large it's octopus. It's very large. Like maybe, a, s- maybe someone will comment about that. Yeah, the like a kaiju in Pacific Rim or yeah, something Yeah, that's like right, that. yeah, the species. Yeah. yeah, I'm just thinking of like just massive like squid thing. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, so, the QECC regulates licensing. Yes. Licenses builders, holds them to account of a particular standard, requires them to submit financials and, and be a fit and proper person, a fit and proper company, does the right things, requires them to have um, contracts in writing and, and do all sorts of things. You can get in trouble if you are doing building work without a license. Yes. Oh my gosh, big surprise. It's called unlicensed contracting. Yes. Don't do it. Yes you will get in trouble. So there's the licensing arm. Uh, there's also then, I guess, the complaints arm, which is like maybe four arms of the octopus. Yeah, a lot of people like to complain. Yeah. <laughs> Us included. Yeah, sometimes. Um, and that involves complaints about alleged defective building That's work. Right. Yeah. Sometimes something really shitty happens and your builder goes into liquidation. Yep. And you as a homeowner, and we'll touch on this in our homeowner series, you need to make a complaint to get that work completed. Yes. As a builder, if you do bad work, if your work isn't up to standard, as you said, Jesse, you can get issued with a direction. That's right. And you must comply with that unless, again, an exception, there is some legitimate reason why That's right. it's either a vexatious like complaint. The, the owner's sitting there on the property with the shotgun. <laughs> You ain't getting on my yard. <laughs> You're not fixing this awning. Exactly. Oh, no, you, you, expletive deletives. There's a whole lot of circumstances. There's a whole reason. Um, and an unpaid invoice is a good one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, QBCC can issue directions. They can. Those decisions are challengeable if there is a basis upon which to do so. Um, but if there is a problem with the work, you're obligated to go and fix it as a yep. builder. Um, and sometimes you might need to get your subcontractor involved. Again, let's say Dave, your tiling subcontractor, did a bit of a crappy job laying yep. those tiles. Yeah, he's not the best tiler in southeast Queensland. He's not. He was, you know, having a bad day. Yeah, Could, not, not a good time. Didn't, didn't cut the tiles well. Didn't etch them. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, you're going to have to deal with Dave and get Dave back to sort that out. So yep. there are obligations. The QBCC also, back in the day, used to actually manage the insurance scheme, but now that's no. been externally sent out. But they have a home warranty scheme yeah. where if a builder doesn't do certain things, that work can be either completed or rectified under insurance. Yes. And that's great for the homeowner, not so great for builders because the QBCC can come and chase you for that money. Yeah, they can chase you personally, can't they? They absolutely can chase you personally. Yeah, so... Have you heard, do you remember actually, no, no, I remember talking to you about this, where we had a client who went and put their business into liquidation. Yes, thinking, oh, I'll hide behind my corporate veil. Yeah, their accountant, so they didn't speak to us. They did not. Which is why we say, if you're having doubts, come and have a chat. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't talk to us, right? And they just decided to, I don't, like, I don't want to say Phoenix. That's not a. That's not what's happened here. They no. were like, no, we're just going to shut down. We're we're stopping building. Putting our company into liquidation. Yeah, we're, we're just going to put our company in liquidation. We're just going to get rid of it. We're we're done with this industry. Mm. And then, six months later, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. they couldn't recover the two hundred grand from the the business because the business is in liquidation. 
But the QBCC is empowered by legislation to chase the builder directly, yes. the director. Now, Marty's been very successful in, in some ambiguous, ambiguous areas in these, we did these de- matters. We did defend it successfully, but it's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult if nigh impossible. And if it wasn't for some very unusual circumstances, mm. um, that never would have happened. Mm. Basically, if you're a director and you're running around building houses and then you go and try and, I don't know, tank your company in order to avoid liability for this, your accountant's wrong. He's a fucking idiot. Not or a lawyer. She. Or she. Less likely to be a she giving that sort of cowboy advice in, in my general experience. Um, <laughs> That's going to get some comments for sure. Con- controversial, but <laughs> come at me. Just don't, don't, actually don't. Yeah. I don't care. Don't talk to me. Let's just say accountant, gender. A- accountant, gender neutral. Um, gender all exclusive. Yeah, pick your pronoun. I don't care. Um, so centrally, the issue is is that if, you're, if your accountant's advice is to liquidate and you're a builder, Talk to talk to somebody first. Yes, because not only can the QBCC come a knocking on your door for that money yeah. personally, but it also impacts your ability to hold a building license yeah. for a significant period of time. Yeah, and the QBCC is not going to tell you this. No, they're you've not got to figure obliged. it out for yourself. Like it's not like it's not like going to school. This is the difficulty that I have with the regulator, mm. um, and this is probably the furthest I'm going to go in terms of an actual critique on something that somebody can hold against me for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, my di- the difficulty that I have is that for you and I to go to university, we go to a university that has a an education system that is specifically impro- approved mm. to educate. Um, people to certain professional standards yes and then we have to do another postgraduate study at the end of our four to five and a half year degree which is another six to 12 months Mm. so we spend about six six and a half years studying doctors do some very similar uh, most professionals do that doesn't happen with the regulator because there's no regulator at the end that says okay you need to do a through e to to achieve what you're set out to achieve a lot of building work and a lot of the way that building practices developed is through actually doing it. Yes. They pick up these young subbies at 15, 16 years old, grade 10, grade 11, they're leaving school, pick them up as apprentices, train them, teach them how to do the actual job that they need to do. But it's not formal education in the sense that you don't realise there's external obligations. Mm. And my difficulty that I have is that um, it would be easier if the QBCC adhered to the commandments of building law. Mm. At the end of the day, the regulator, in my view, the client is both the builder and the customer. And having worked for the public service, the both of us, you and I know that that's actually correct. Yes. Um, They are the client, they are the customer. And I think that can be a tough pill to swallow because both both parties are looking to the commission commission for support. Mm. And what they get, unfortunately, due to operational constraints, is a a lack of proper academic support in the sense that we need to plug and fill gaps yeah, absolutely. Um, as lawyers to make sure that everything is, is tight and on board. Yes. And I understand builders aren't poor usually, um, making heaps of cash and they can afford people like us to augment their knowledge. But it's wholly unnecessary especially in the issues of like licensing mm. uh, and requirements. Yeah, and like I, I, I agree with you, Jesse. I think you can be a fantastic builder. Yes. But if you don't know what your obligations are in terms of licensing, yes. liability, responsibilities, if there is defective yeah. building work, 
it, it can cause yeah. a real problem. Um, and the requirements in the QBCC legislation and uh, I mean, we're lawyers. I don't even love reading legislation a lot of the time. Yeah. No builder I can imagine, certainly none of the clients that I've been dealing with for the past, you know, 10, 15 years, they don't sit down and read the QBCC Act. And nor, and this is the weird thing is that we as the lawyers, we we know what the Act says. But we can't tell you off the top of our head on what basis certain regulations are, are relevant no. or, or not relevant. And like Australian standards, like the Building Code of Australia, that changes yes. and gets updated because All the time. we learn new things, so does the QBCC Act yes. and so does its octopus arms of what it can and can't yes. do. Um, you you really do need to be aware of that and, and hopefully that's what we can help provide some of our yeah. listeners is, you know... If you don't know it, have a read of it. Yeah. If you don't understand it, just give us a call. Yeah, but don't um, expect them to hold your hand through it They're not going to hold your hand. They're not going to say, hi, mate, congratulations, you're now a qualified builder. Yeah. Let me sit down and explain to you the, you know, the 25 obligations that you yeah. have. And if you don't know those obligations and you contravene them, we're going to fine you. Yeah. Oh, oops. Didn't tell you, but suck it up. Yeah, and there are some things that practically in a building context just don't make sense mm. so um and of course we're going to talk about the home warranty insurance later um but there are some things that operationally just don't make sense you, mm. you can accept a client um as a bit as a client for a building customer so for instance say i want to build you a house i've got my appropriate license in this circumstance it's a hypothetical mm. obviously but i'm a lawyer so i need to cover myself there <laughs> um i'm going to build you a house i'm going to have you engaged you're going to engage me, you're going to pay me some money. Fair enough, cool, 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 cool. We go through the build process, everything's fine, we're not having any defective work. Um, a couple of years later, something pops up. Mm. There's a crack that forms through, through the house, there's some subsidence issues because the geotech got the report wrong. There's multiple types of dirt in the property and actually your footings needed to be a little bit better before the, the house was constructed. Mm-hmm. There are remedies for that. Um, they can inject material underneath the, the building to pop it up. Sometimes it's a bit more invasive. It, can, it depends on the build. You can't, you've got nothing to do with it. You've retired. You've gone off into the wilderness to live out your best Dexter dream. Mm. I don't know why they resurrected that TV show, <laughs> by the way. But um, you go out there, all of this stuff happens. The QBCC comes knocking on your door because they've accepted a claim. Mm. And not only have they accepted a claim, but they've also identified that for whatever reason, you didn't pay your home warranty insurance in time. Mm. You waited because you didn't actually build. So you think back to the the moment that I agreed to build your house, Marty, and I couldn't build your house for six months. So I wanted that that period to be reflective, but at legislation, you have to pay within two weeks. Yeah, It doesn't matter if... I paid it literally two weeks before I started building. There's a legislative requirement there. Mm. And the QBCC might give you a warning or they might just fine you. Mm. And that fine comes with demerit points. It certainly um, does. And it's something that's entirely avoidable if you just ask a question. Yeah. And if we never ask the question, we can never give the answer. Mm. And I think that that's the difficulty that I have with with how the the regulator operates and 
in conjunction with the advice that we need to give because we don't know to answer a question that we've never been asked. That's exactly right. And to look, the regulator can um, can do investigations. We've oh, had of some, course. you know, clients who have been audited for various different yeah. things. Um, that's th- those things are really important. Yeah. And again, we would encourage you if you get correspondence from the QBCC and you either don't understand what it means, um, don't know the answer to the question or are unsure about what you should do, get advice early because right. there are time frames and these things can really cause a big, big issue, especially for yes. young builders, especially for experienced builders who oh. thankfully have never had to deal with the QBCC but suddenly find themselves yeah. in that complaint process. And, and you also need to be aware that the regulator really just adheres to Queensland legislation. Mm. Um, of course, the Australian standards are Queensland re- legislation um, for the purposes of what the regulator does for the most part. But you also have to be aware that just because you've got information from, say, the ATO to say that you are an employee, that doesn't mean that QBCC considers you an employee. Yeah, it can, is really complicated. Um, so it's important to get that advice early because the last thing that I want for a client, so say you're a young aspirational builder, you're doing all the site supervisor work, you're an independent contractor. Mm. The ATO says you're an employee for the purposes of tax and super and all that other thing. That doesn't mean that that's the case for QBCC, which means that when you're going for your your low-rise builder's licence at a later time and you're trying to prove your competencies and you have a boss who's a bit salty that you're about to go into competition against him, mm. he can fuck you six ways to next so- Sunday yeah, because he's decided that you're not actually going to come in against him mm. and all of a sudden you're denied the opportunity for that builder's licence because of some petty grievance. And this is the other problem that I have without that formal education how do you move up? You have to trust that the people that you're engaging with are good people and they'll continue to do that. Mm. And that's just not how the world works. Yeah, unfortunately. So we, we operate in, in this grey area of people that are constantly combating one another. Mm. Um, and, that's, and that's just a part and parcel of life. But it can be avoided when you have written agreements, when you have clear understandings with one another. Yes. And that's just something that um, it just... In, relation to what the commission does that's just something that the commission tries to facilitate but because of this constraint they're unable to do so Mm. i think um we've had some clients recently who have come and said oh i never actually knew that this was a a requirement of me having a license um and we really want our listeners and you know clients um if you know someone who's you know has aspirations to be a builder or work in the industry we would rather that you come to us early and say, right. I'm about to get my builder's license. Or try. Uh, or, try or try. I want to understand if I get it, what yeah. what can I do? What can't I do? What is the sort of um, parameters that I have to work in? That's right. How do I make sure that I don't get in trouble with the QBCC? Yeah. Because if you know that up front and we can help with that, that's what we want to yeah. do. We would rather talk to you early so that you never have to pick up the phone to us again. That's right. Because yeah. my favourite clients are non-repeat clients. Yeah, like, that's one exactly and done. Right. <laughs> and if I never see you again, goodbye. Yeah, and we don't take it personally. No. Because we know that we've set you up with the skills and the knowledge that you need yeah. to succeed, and that's what we want. Exactly. But we're always there to catch you and hold your yeah. hand if there is a problem and, and have a yeah. bit of a fight. Because we do like to fight. Yeah. Fight with people. Yeah. We Maybe do I'll love bring to my boxing gloves to the <laughs> litigation session. Just, <laughs> we just do love to, yeah. to challenge the QBCC. Um, 
because it because sometimes yeah it does unfortunately make the wrong yeah. decision and I'll, I'll be really curious to see what this inquiry um because as our listeners may or may not know they're, mm. they're, they're doing a, an inquiry in relation to how the regulators functions and how it could improve yes um and i'm really looking forward to that because mm. at the end of the day i think they're doing the best with what they have it's just what happened when um when they moved over to QCAT and they started changing what departments did and renaming mm. and rebranding departments, there was a lot of stuff that was homogenised and a lot of bloat that was kind of cut out and all this sort of stuff. But um, if you play video games or if you uh, if you understand the analogy, um, sometimes you just get things wrong in the edit. Yes. And there's just there's constraints that I know have frustrated employees at the commission. I know that there is things that they, they hate about it. Mm. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, and what we can do is, well, we can't change what it is. We can't. But we can help you. And we can help you navigate yeah. that landscape to avoid the mines. That's right. And get you safely to the other side. Yeah, and if you do happen to step on a mine, well... You didn't need that leg anyway, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess. But maybe we'll try to help you grow another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that that's our broad overview of the commission. Yeah, because we could talk very specifically yeah. and at length about a lot of these issues. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to know overall you have obligations. Yeah. You need to understand how that process mm. works. And if you're concerned about it, come to us. We can help you. Guide, guide, we can help guide you through it and hopefully get a good outcome. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, and, you know, we've got some inside knowledge, so that's always really helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, cool. I think that wraps us up today. And do I need to to conjure a legal fact out of my brain? Oh, do you have a legal fact or, oh, I or shall I come up with one? Um, well, the... The essential common law that forms the foundation of medical negligence is essentially based on a snail in a bottle. Interesting. Yeah. Did you know, I'll give you a fact to complement that one, um, slugs, which I think, biologically speaking, are possibly a common cousin of a snail. Maybe. I don't know. They don't have one nose. They don't have two noses. They don't have three noses. They actually have four noses. I feel like if you have that many noses... You should get a different plural. Like it should be nose eye. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we'll have yeah. to look, look the Latin of that one up. Yeah, I'm not going to learn it though. I'm yeah, no, me neither. Yeah, we'll probably forget. We don't use Latin. No. We're not those sorts yeah, of we're lawyers. Not, we're not into alien types. No, no. we're definitely not. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Um, I think that's episode four done and we'll yeah. talk to everyone on our next Toolbox Tuesday. Yeah, which will be a litigation. Litigation. And I should have a ring here. Yes. If I don't, my life's not going great. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just let's prepare our audience for that. Yeah, prepare and get our um, boxing gloves on and talk about yeah. when it all goes to shit and you've got to have the fight. Perfect. Awesome. Right. See you guys next time. See you then.